This week we have Andrew Silto on the Conquer One podcast. And I'm just going to read straight from Andrew's website because uh, his website explains it best. Andrew Silito is a business psychologist, performance coach, and author from Kent, England, blending 20 years of experience as an elite international sportsman and coach, along with three published books and an acclaimed TED Talk. Andrew's innovative and straight-talking views on leadership, teamwork, and strategy has resulted in his advice and guidance being highly sought after by key figures at several FDSE 100 companies. Pfizer, Ericsson, Nationwide, Virgin Media, and the BBC are among the global corporations who've turned to Andrew to empower its leadership to take full responsibility in their business, body, relationships, and mindset. And Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Um, what do you just uh, explain in your own words a little bit what, what your main philosophies are, are about and how you, how you get people to improve their performances in life? Yeah, sure. So I, I think over the years it's evolved and uh, certainly some from lessons that I've learned from uh, leaders that I've worked with and, and business owners, entrepreneurs, and even my own experiences of uh, competing, playing, and, and then transitioning into running my own business and the challenges around that, uh, particularly around mindset. Uh, but also you know, maintaining all the other facets of our life. You know, when you run a business or even if you're leading an organization uh, is, is how do we maintain our, our health, keep our mind clear and, and manage our relationships. Uh, that was something that, um, uh, which was one of the reasons for, for writing the book, The Four Keys. Uh, I, think, I think for mindset, for me, you know, it's, um, I, I think it's all the, all the things that we've, you know, I've heard you talk about and, and obviously other people talk about when it comes to mindset and that mental toughness and and the choices we make uh, around um, focusing on the things that we can control uh, not getting too sort of beating ourselves up you know managing the inner voice uh, managing the fear of failure and just really changing our our perspective on on things and then starting to recognize perhaps some of those unwanted patterns that have developed over years that are playing out still uh, unconsciously and so my role as a coach whether it's working as a leader or an athlete uh, is or even a you know, team. I do a lot of work with team coaches now who are building high-performing teams, and and you know some of those unwanted patterns that have just sort of they manifest themselves. And once we sort of capture that and start to work with that, then we can really open things up for people, and uh, and that that can achieve some dramatic results for them, both personally and and uh, you know financially in some cases. Yeah, it's like every, well, everything's connected, right? So if you if you have a certain mindset or you have experiences from the past that are uh, holding you back for some reason, it's usually not just in one area of life. It, it often kind of uh, it invades other areas as well. Like if you have uh, relationship issues, there's often problems also with uh, work or you know being able to achieve your best, you know your best possible performance. A lot of the times, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a nagging voice in the, the back of your head. These things are going to be holding you back. What's a what's yeah. a good example from you from your own experience where you've seen people's past experiences uh, and the, the mindsets they've developed because of them that have held them back? Uh, so I, I well, there's several. I mean, I, I think you're right about the the things playing out in these different areas. Um, and often, what what often happens if uh, there's two ways of looking at it. Um, just sort of building on what you said is that if let's say someone's running a business or an athlete, uh, they're competing in a high performance environment. And other things in their life, the relationship is perhaps not healthy or for whatever reason, their mindset's not healthy or even, you know, even athletes we find that perhaps don't look after their body as well as they could do, uh, particularly from a nutrition perspective. That, that's going to affect performance in different, a number of different ways. The other thing is from a psychological perspective, what, we, what I also notice is that when, when we get to the nub of something, when we say, well, you know, if you were to think about something that 
you want to improve in your business, you know, from a, from a leadership perspective or something that uh, some, some sort of behavior uh, that you want to improve on more often than not. What I find is when we get to the, the, the unwanted pattern that is manifesting itself in, in other areas and it, it's playing out in the relationship and so on. So, so a good example of that is, um, and it's quite a common one actually, when I work with business owners and leaders, particularly if they're looking to uh, grow their business at some point, they have to let go of something. And that's one of the biggest challenges. How do I let go of, of kind of my, my, my baby, my business that I've grown uh, and let my, uh, you know, my team leader go and see the client or my team leader run the team or close the deal or whatever it is, you know, when I've been doing it for, for the last 10 years, you know? Um, and there's this kind of one foot on the accelerator which is saying, I want to, I want to have more time in my life. I want to spend more time with my family. I want to have more time to work on strategy. I want to have more time to, to focus on other areas, um, but they're rolling their sleeves up and getting stuck into the work and doing things that perhaps aren't useful to them. Well, they think they're being useful, but it's stealing time. So they've got one foot yeah. on the accelerator saying, I want to let go of this stuff. And they've got one foot on the brake going, yeah, but what if, what if that guy or that, you know, she messes it up and I'm not, you know, and it, and it reflects on me. So what we, we often find is that when we go through do the work and they, we, we put some tests in place to say, you know, let's say, for example, you don't attend that meeting with your, your sales manager, or, you know, you don't join the conference call, you know, and they go, oh, what if I don't go, if I don't go to the meeting, then what if the client, you know, they want to see me and they don't want to see my sales manager. Well, let's just test it, you know, let's see what happens, you know, with, and manage that risk. And then once they start to kind of let go of some of these things, they're pleasantly surprised that, you know, the sales manager is competent and uh, they, they start to create more time for themselves. But it's this element maybe of, of, in some cases control you know that I want to be in control of that and when we start to recognize that they kind of have an epiphany to say you know I'm this desire for control or this lack of letting go is playing out um, in other areas of my life both personally and my relationships etc and that can be very empowering for people I mean that's just a you know a quick example but they typically uh, these things uh, these behaviors these traits play out across other areas yeah, that's an interesting example. I've actually uh, experienced or experiencing it uh, myself because um, when you're in a business doing something, you're you're all, most of the time you're all you're, everything yourself, and then you mm-hmm. decide you want to uh, scale and you want to grow your business and not do everything yourself, not do all the busy work inside the business that needs to get done, but probably but not by you. It's hard to let go of that because then you hire people. You you wonder are they going to actually do the job that you can do. Uh, that you've yeah. been doing the whole time and now you have to like you said you have to let go of uh, some of the control and that's a little bit scary in itself yeah uh, absolutely and, and it's like a it's like a muscle that has to be developed you know and just that and, and and i always say to people you know just test it you know we're not i'm not saying you're never going to be able to do this work again and we're not saying this person's going to be perfect we're just gonna we're just gonna test some some things here and see how they play out and, uh, and the brain likes that you know when we use the word test trial uh, versus, look, you're going to have to be different from here on if you want to grow a <laughs> business. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, yeah. fight, flight kicks in. I'm not too sure about that. And they just, you know, go the other way. So let's just, let's just try some things out. Try it for a week. See what happens. You know, and, and also just being there to, to coach these people. You know, I think we, we forget as leaders, our role is, and even if we're not in a leadership role, but to support people that are we put in these positions. Um, and I think we're seeing that more in business now where we use a lot more freelancers and people to do the work because you don't have to necessarily employ people. Uh, and even those freelancers need support, you know, and they don't understand the business as well as the business owner does. They're not seeing it through the same lens. 
but we delegate these things out, assuming that they're going to do it. And when they don't do it at the same level, we get annoyed about it. But actually, we've got responsibility as leaders to, uh, to support that person and coach them and make sure they're seeing it through the same lens. What the difference here, or what's the definite or defining factor between letting go and, and ex- demonstrating good leadership qualities? Uh, I think there are a couple of things for me. One is uh, it always comes down to ego, you know, the, and, and, and managing the ego. Uh, so, so in some cases, it's, it's not just that I want to let go of, of the work. And I'm using this, this example of the sales manager because it was a real one that I share in the book. But, you know, it, it's the ego of, of being wanted. You know, if I don't do that work, you know, what is my status in all of this? You know, I'm known for being the person that engages with my client. I'm the one that is known for closing the deal and, and being out there. And all of a sudden now I'm, I'm kind of sat outside the business working on what I think is strategy and growing it. Um, so there's, there's something around ego, you know, my status uh, and uh, how I show up is, is part of that. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, and it's probably connected to ego, but one of the biggest things I see the transition from a manager, you know, someone that is or transitioning into real leadership is, is that they start asking questions. You know, you've got a good leader because they ask questions, they're inquisitive and they're curious and they don't believe they have all the answers. Um, what I often see, particularly in sports, you know, coaching is, you know, like a team head coach or a, or a manager in a, in a sales organization is that they, they, they think they take full responsibility for having all the answers. So, you know, and I did this, you know, when I took on, I was coaching the, the British roller hockey team back in 2010. And I thought, you know, they've asked me to do the role. So therefore I must be the one that comes up with all the tactics and the strategy and how we play the game. And actually I, I had to learn very quickly that I didn't, there was a lot of intelligence in the locker room that could, could say, you know, like we'd never been in Austria before, you know, how do we beat Austria? Let's ask the question, let's ask the players and get that information. And there's two things that happen when you do that. One is that um, the players feel engaged, but as they're thinking it out loud and they're acting it out, it starts to, the, the, the brain starts to create those, those neuro pathways and they start to understand it better and they're more likely to implement it on, on the rink or the, you know, the pitch, whatever the sport is. Uh, so just even though it might seem like a laborious thing, you think they should know this stuff, just getting them to talk about it and contribute um, just gets the brain ready. You know, that, that they're starting to visualize it and therefore it's more likely to get implemented and business is no different. You know, you just, even if you've recruited someone who's highly skilled and you think, well, they should know the task, they should know how to do this. They should be competent. There's still a role that we play as, as leaders, which is just asking the questions, just talk me through this because this might be different to the way it was before, you know, educate me. So I fully understand. So I can see it through the same lens as you, but also that they are saying it out loud and, and far more likely to act on it and own it and, and be accountable. Um, for their actions so so I think leadership is is about letting go of the ego not feeling it's not about status but also saying you know what I don't have all the answers here in fact you have the information because you're engaging uh, you're on the front line you know feed that information back to me rather than me feeling I've got to tell you what to do I I like that definition and also uh, it kind of uh, reminds me of um what you're saying here of asking questions to, uh, to the uh, people who are under you uh, it reminds me of a quote. I, I totally got it wrong, but it's, it's something along the lines of you, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to hire people who are smarter than you. That's, you know, that's the whole reason you're hiring yeah. them. It's not, it's not so you could tell them what to do. It's so they can tell you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think Steve Jobs said something along those lines as well. Yeah. Steve know? Jobs. I think that's where I was getting yeah. it from. 
Yeah, I think it was it. And then and Plato, I mean, 2000 years ago, he said people have innate knowledge. They just need to be asked the right question. Um, and I, I just, that's always stuck with me. In fact, 20, 20 years ago, I, I did a course um, on, on coaching. And there's, you know, like all these courses, I remember one thing. And I think it's a Chinese proverb. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it, it, it said, you know, you, if you tell someone something, they'll forget it. If you show someone something, they'll remember it. But if you involve them in the conversation and everything, they'll understand it. And, is it, and that's such a difference and that, you know, between understanding it and remembering it. Um, so if someone understands it, they're, they're far, more, far more likely to, to implement it and action it. Absolutely. This, this is something I've seen personally with uh, clients that I work with, and you, probably something you, you've seen as well. They, at a certain point when you're explaining things to people or getting them to go through certain exercises, they will start understanding it. Like, oh yeah, I, you know, and you can see they understand it. They can explain it back to you and they know the details, but they don't, they yeah. don't really feel it yet. They don't really understand it on a, on a, um, you know, as I guess you say on a personal level, they haven't internalized it. Uh, but at, yeah. a, at a certain point in experience, now they, they actually know it. They can, they can do it instinctively. It's no longer just, they understand like details and facts about a certain idea. Now they can actually execute it because it's part of them yeah. now. Yeah. I, I, and I think you used the word feel. I think, you know, often we see, even in you know sports and business, that, that parallel of, of whether it's the coach delivering the, the tactics or the strategy or the vision or, or a CEO in an organization, you know, everybody gets it intellectually. Everybody in that locker room will understand what the coach is saying at an intellectual level because they're probably, you know, we're playing the game long enough. Um, everyone understands why the CEO is saying this is where we're going as an organization. You know, it makes intellectual sense. But until, that, until the people become emotionally connected with it, it's uh, you, we just don't see the change happen, uh, and it's because uh, it, it's it's just quicker to tell someone, you know, it's just easier. Yes, you know, rather than going through the process of actually taking slowing. One of the things I, I talk about is slowing down to speed up. You know, just slow it down, get everyone on the same page, get them to feel it, see it, uh, experience it the way you're seeing it, and there's a process to that. And once we get get them to that, then we're off to the races. When you're taking people through through your processes and, and exercises to uh, help them change their mindsets, what are the key factors that will actually help somebody uh, internalize the ideas you're trying to convey to them and, and change their mindset so they can have a, a different result in their performance? Um, so <clears throat> one of the things I'm, I'm still a fan of are vision boards. You know, um, whether the person's got a, a tendency towards um, you know, visual learning, I still think that just taking the time to map it out in front of them. Um, so one of the things we would always start with is, is getting to think about their business, their body, their relationships and their mindset. So often businesses will say, what do you want to achieve in your career? Um, but what, what I found is that people get far more engaged when you say, what do you want to achieve in your career or your business, in your body, your relationships and your mindset? And just think about a three year vision. You know, you wake up in three years time. What are you, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? How are you experiencing the world? You know, there, there will be some things perhaps that are more rational, you know, perhaps more result focused, um, whether it's uh, monetary value or it might just be the way they're feeling, you know, in their, in their body or the way they're experiencing their relationship. So get them to think around that. It definitely gets that, that dopamine in the brain going, gets them energized and excited. But it is just a dream at that point. So, so one of the things then we look at is say, well, let's unpick this a little bit. You know, what's the what's the why behind that? You know, what's going to get, get you out of bed to do this? You know, if you want to achieve X, you know, what, what's the driving force behind that? Um, and getting people to, to talk about that and discuss it. So it's not just, I want to make a lot of money or it's not just, I want to grow a business. There's some kind of purpose 
behind it. And I think that's, that's key. And then once we've got to that point, what I often ask people to do is write a postcard to themselves. So I get them to position themselves in that three-year period and just write a postcard uh, back to them. Uh, and that, that people find that very, very powerful because they're literally writing what life is like on that day. And then there's some work around um, how they would be behaving and how they would be feeling on that day and, and starting to think about, so how do we adopt some of those feelings, those behaviors today? So some of that self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, we're kind of tapping into some of the, the secret, you know, but uh, um, I, I, you know, I, for years, I thought it was all a bit fluffy and I didn't want to talk about that stuff. I literally kept it as a secret, but I, for me, it was uh-huh. hugely powerful with working with um, sports teams and really getting to feel what it would like be like to, to beat that team you know what would we see on the, the opposition's faces what would, what would be really happening we started doing this with business owners and saying you know you beat the competition or you you look you look, you look at your, your your partner's face and you know, what's going you know your kids what's going on you know what, how's how's that feeling how do you feel about that and how do you feel today and you know I always ask the question you know, or I, I give an example of, of traders that I used to work with in, in the city uh, I mean going back five well, no this was 2007, 2008, and I'd ask a, a, a stockbroker who was in training, and I said, well, at what point will you start feeling like a trader? You know, and they would always say the same thing, and that is, when I'm making money. I said, you're never going to make money then. Because unless you start feeling like it today, it's a bit like saying to an, an amateur athlete who's filling his body up with pizza and sodas and, <laughs> and saying to, you know, when are you going to start um, looking after your body and, and your nutrition and training a little harder? I said, well, when I turn pro, I'll start doing that. You know, well, you're not going to turn pro then because do you know what I mean? That someone else is going to beat you to that if you don't start acting like it today. So I think, you know, that getting into that state uh, today, then the, the um, you know, however the universe works, these things start to, to play out. So once, once we've done that, then we start looking at a 90-day game plan. We say, well, look, this is a, this is a dream. You, you, you know, what are we going to do in the next 90 days? What can we achieve in the next 30 days that's going to bring that vision closer, faster? We start exploring. That's when we start getting more pragmatic and we start looking at um, outcomes um, that are related to their business, their body, their relationships and the mindset. And then it starts to get, get more pragmatic and we have some, some clear milestones and we work to those. And, and when I first started doing this work a, a couple of years ago, we, we got quite excited about the idea of doing like four 90-day game plans because the results were coming, that were coming in were so rapid and quick we're like, geez, if we do this back to back, we're absolutely going to smash it, you know. But then we realize that we're just burning ourselves out. Um, and, and what we recognize, actually, if you just do one really aggressive, focused 90-day game plan, um, there's, there's some sort of compound effect that happens for the following nine months. So for a salesperson, for example, an obvious one is, you know, they just build out their pipeline faster and they benefit from that or if they're doing some social media work and posting or blogging you know just that intensity or if they've gone a little uh i mean i'm not a huge fan of chronic training and hitting crossfit four or five days a week or anything like that but i but i you know if you get into some sort of consistent behavior you know that it, it just changes the body composition it changes it expresses genes in a different way and people start to benefit from it over a longer term they create new habits so so we're looking to stretch people in that 90 days, but let them go back to their comfort zone. And because they've stretched themselves for a period of time, when they go back to their comfort zone, they are essentially a, a they're just better. You know what I mean? Because they've stretched themselves and held themselves at that point. And then we let them say, you know, just go back to, you know, take your foot off the gas a little bit, don't get complacent, but just, and they're just, 
things just keep start, you know, they just start flowing better. So, so we, we know people in our, in our mastermind, they'll do two 90 game plans a year, but we definitely don't recommend four anymore. <laughs> huh. uh, just too yeah. much burnout. <laughs> but do you, do you find that you, you said you, you allow them to go back to the comfort zone after the 90 days, you find that comfort zone is actually uh, bigger than it was before when they started at the end of the 90 days? Uh, absolutely. So the, the analogy I always use is elastic band. You know, you take an elastic band, you stretch it, you hold that elastic band for 90 days, metaphorically speaking, and you let it, let it go back. That elastic band's got bigger. Mm-hmm. So when it goes back to its comfort zone, it's a, it's a big elastic band. Um, what we don't want to do is stretch it and stretch it and stretch it and stretch it to the point where it snaps. And, and we, see, we see that a lot, um, uh, both in sports and business, you know, where they just overdo it. They, they, you know, they think, if I, geez, if I don't do deadlifts today, I'm going to be weaker at the weekend. If I don't um, you know, work 17 hours a day, you know, I'm not going to achieve my goal. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that, that's not what we're talking about here. It's kind of like what people do their New Year, you know, New Year's resolutions. So I'm not a big fan of them because I like to keep goals uh, year round. Uh, however, yeah. but a lot of people when they do start these, especially uh, fitness goals, which is a really big one, they'll be going to the gym five or six days a week and doing hours yeah. because they think that's what they need to get need to do get fit. Yeah, yeah. They realize they can just do a little bit at a time, have a little more yeah. of a manageable uh, schedule that actually works with their the rest of their life and not get yeah. burnt out physically too because they're not used to the exercise. It, it, exactly. It, 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 you know, like you, you said it perfectly. It's just that pacing it out, making it uh, more lifestyle. You know, the amount of times I, someone will say to me, you know, I've decided I've got a New Year's resolution. I'm going to get fit and I've signed up for the London Marathon. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. You know, and you, you're already telling me you don't have time with your family. So now you're going to be running two hours a day. You know, it just, you know, and, and you're, you're going to be starving yourself and you're going to, you know, or, you know, or you're going to eat, you're not going to be starving yourself. You're going to be, it's going to, you're giving yourself an excuse to eat bowls and bowls of pasta because, um, you know, you're, you're doing the miles or whatever, and all the balance is out of out of sync. It's not a it becomes less of a lifestyle, more of a sort of impulsive goal. Yeah, so it becomes unmanageable and, and uh, probably damaging in the end. Yeah, damaging. It's not sustainable. You know, it's yeah, and I, we've seen an influx of that, and and I, you know, I was victim of that. You know, I I've just but I've learned um, you know, through some of the work with. Uh, <clears throat> the, um, are you familiar with Mark Sissons and the Primal Health Coach? And have you heard of this? I've, he- I've heard of Primal Health Coach. I'm not uh, yeah. super familiar though. Yeah, so I, um, I'm a business psychologist, but I, I suffered with health problems um, for, for a long time. I was suffering with really chronic arthritis and I had hip arthritis and I was suffering with um, gout. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I've heard about gout. it, yes. Yeah, yeah, I was suffering with that anyway. And I, so I ended up doing his course because I'd, started moving into, I was told not to eat meat and all this kind of stuff. And then that didn't make sense to me. Um, And uh, so I looked at this kind of primal uh, viewpoint and for me, it worked, you know, and I, it just, it just, my, my arthritis subsided. I started to to explore it and, and I just learned actually we, you know, through gene expression and we can get our bodies into a nice um, composition, natural composition. We don't have to be training every day to do it. Uh, we just make some some small changes and 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 realizing how much how important relaxation is even in you know getting fit and healthy um it's been a huge it's become a huge part it's actually okay to lay down for a bit and chill out <laughs> whereas yeah, before yeah. I, thought I need to you know be on the go all the time and actually it's a key part yeah a bit of that rest and relaxation will help uh, you recover after you do do the physical activities and, and everything else you to actually uh achieve fitness goals and health goals yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I came from that background where if, it, if there's no pain, there's no gain. And if 
you know, you leave, you, you leave everything in the gym, you know, unless you leave everything in the gym, you haven't worked out properly. You know, everything's to failure. Um, mm. But then realizing actually I've got a whole day ahead of me and I've got to be ready for my work and I've got to be ready for my family and I can't, you know, just blow myself out in the gym just in, for the sake of getting fit or getting leaner or get, getting some muscle on it. Actually, I need to, I need to leave some in the tank so I can go out and win at work and be able to play with my kids and be really active. Um, that's where the effort needs to be. Yeah, you still need some fuel for everything else. You know, especially if, if you're not a <clears throat> professional athlete, you know, it might be a different game than... Um, yeah, I, I remember the majority of us. Yeah. yeah, the majority of us. Uh, absolutely, there's very few professional athletes out there in any field, uh, any sport. Right? But, mm. um, one one thing in terms of uh, actually, this relates to something you said well, earlier too about changing the frame of a of a topic. Like you know, saying like, "Hey, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to, you know I'm just going to test this." Right. So that way you can get into the uh, you know start experimenting basically start trying it out and not be in the mindset where you have to be like oh i'm not gonna be able to do this forever when i was right. started getting back into running so i wanted to do uh competitive running on some level not professional but i wanted to get, compete with myself primarily i had to kind of ease back a little bit take my foot off the gas pedal because when i started running i was pushing myself uh to basically torturous levels and I, I was yep. really ha hating running I thought wow running sucks and I was well, what I found is I ended up actually missing a lot of training because I did not look forward to it I, every morning when I wake up like do I really want to do this and you know some excuse would get in the way and I'd miss my running but when I took yep. my foot off the gas pedal I said okay you know what I, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to enjoy this I just want to enjoy this run and I, I started slowing uh, you know going for a bit of uh, slower runs and actually it was more manageable. And I was still keeping my heart rate up and, and managing to increase my fitness level, but I didn't have yeah. to do it at such a hurried pace like I was trying originally. And it, it kept me uh, more consistent too. Yeah, nice. And I, and I think that's, that's a really good message to people that, that do take out running, you know, that the, they just, they, <clears throat> the purpose of it is to, is to enjoy it and, and not put ourselves under stress, you know, and think, oh, I'm not gonna get through this or I'm, I need to go faster. Um, but to actually, in, in, in some sort of way, engage the parasympathetic response when we're running rather than the, the sympathetic response, you know, that stress, uh, which we often see. I see people running down the road, they're jogging and they, their faces are all screwed up and they're, it's like they're, and their form's all out of place. And, they're, and they're you can see they're just trying to push themselves rather than just, you know, the whole purpose of, you know, if we look at it from a biological perspective is to outrun the animal, right? You know, you just just keep going and, and, and have that nice... Um, rhythm to it and as the strength improves perhaps with some other strength work then we can up the pace um as we go so yeah i, I like the sound of that absolutely thank you and and uh before we come to a close here what, what are any are there any projects you're working on right now other than your your books they wish you uh, published recently um so we've always got projects going on so we work with organizations and you know whether it's leadership programs or it's a group of you know a group of leaders that want to experience and understand the four keys better obviously the book's out now that's that came out uh, in the past week so i'm really pleased about that uh, and we're, i'm running workshops um mostly in europe uh, we're looking to run some workshops in sydney you know get down to australia and uh which is a long way for me uh, but also uh, the states as well so Looking at some of those things, and so that's that's certainly picking up momentum. Um, I have a mastermind, and you know, so that's just a you know a group of entrepreneurs that um, sort of want to check in, check in monthly with us, and have some sort of accountability. Uh, so we run a, a program for that. 
Um, and then, and really for, for any of your listeners that are either on LinkedIn, you know, love to hear what, what's going on for you and to connect on LinkedIn. That's always a good place for me. That's where I'm, I'm hanging out most of the time. Obviously Instagram as well is, is a given, but, um, as far as the key projects concerned, any particular time we are sort of working at pace with 50 or 60, 70, uh, leaders going through the program <clears throat> and, um, and the, the results off the back of it. Uh, oh, great. We, I also have an online program actually we, we launched um, because not everyone could get access to the, uh, to the uh, mastermind. So if somebody likes experiencing things online, which a lot of our clients do, and it's just me talking through the program, um, but that's on the website, uh, andrewsilito.com. Uh, might be something worth checking out. Excellent. Well, I'm, what I'm going to do, I'll, I'll make sure a link links to your social media and to your website so people can check out your book and everything else will be available uh, accompanying this interview depending where you're listening to this interview and yeah. uh, definitely on conquerandwin.com and uh, Andrew thank you very much for coming on it was very enlightening and uh, it's been a pleasure Eddie thank you very much yeah thanks for inviting me all the best thanks for listening to the Conquer and Win podcast conquer your challenges and become a stronger man in life and business by joining the community on conquerandwin.com. Until next time, stay strong. Music credit goes to David Fowle on YouTube at Free Metal Songs at Free Metal Songs at Free Metal Songs at Free Metal Songs.